Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, let's open up with some prayer. Father, we thank you for your incredible goodness and grace and your mercy. Lord, as we dive into the Word of God today, this Thanksgiving week, we pray would you work on us to help us to see what we need to see, that we wouldn't take things for granted, but we would have a heart that's, well, an attitude of gratitude. So Lord, fill this place, fill our hearts, we pray in Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, if you're listening to us via our podcast, we want to say thanks for joining us and pray that this message would help you take your next step towards Christ together. I got a question for everybody. Have you ever met someone who just seemed impossible to please? Anybody? So that's you yourself or is that somebody else? I noticed my wife is reaching for the sky. I don't know who she's thinking of, but I, I want to give you an example of what a person, let's say an extreme person who can never uh, find anything good to see. Everything is always, there's a problem. They got to criticize anything and everything. So here's the story, okay? There's a large dog and he walks into a butcher shop carrying a purse inside his mouth. Walks right up to the countertop, and he drops the purse on the countertop, sits down, and waits for the butcher. He goes, okay, boy, you want some meat? Rope. Well, what do you want? You want some liver? You want some steak? You want some pork? Rope. So he, how much do you want? You want a quarter pound, half a pound, or a full pound? Ruff, ruff, ruff. Okay, we'll get a pound for everyone. So he packes up the meat, and the butcher pulls out the money out of the purse, hands him the meat in the bag and the purse inside the bag, and the dog grabs it and takes off. Well, there's a man sitting in line waiting for his turn, sitting there, couldn't believe what he was watching this dog do with the butcher. So he left the line and followed the dog, and he walked into an apartment complex. Followed the dog into the apartment complex. He went up three stores. He got to the door, and he scratched on the door, and the door opened up to an old grumpy old guy. And he starts just yelling at the dog. And then the, old, the guy who followed him says, hey, hey, stop that. That is the most intelligent dog I have ever seen. Why are you yelling at him? Do you know what he just did? He goes, intelligent? That's the third time he forgot his house key this week. <laughs> See, sometimes there are people who can never, ever be pleased. And this is the week, may we stop to have an attitude of gratitude, to find things we can be thankful for, and give God the praise and the glory. Well, let's see about this Thanksgiving week, 
Is there something amazing, kind of like that dog, that we can see that we're not paying attention to, that we should see, and then maybe give God all the praise and the glory? So let's look at this this psalm, and I want to kind of break it down for us. So we're going to look at Psalm 100, verses 1 through verse 5. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and His faithfulness continues to each generation. Now in this psalm, I really think there's at least three things about thankfulness I want us to see. And the first one is about this invitation, really, towards thanksgiving. When we look at verse 4, I'm going to kind of go out of order, but if we look at verse 4, it says thanksgiving really is, is that time that we're to set aside to remember to give thanks to God. So let's read verse 4 again. Will you read it out loud with me? Ready, begin. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Now, in this verse, the directive is really more of an invitation than a directive. It's it's an invitation for Marvin to be thankful. God invites us to be in His presence. Do you know God desires to be with you? that there would be something dynamic about that time together? It's in this verse that we catch something about our need to be responsive. There's a story about Max Licato, and he talks about when he was a professor, and he was in Brazil as an American, and while he's there teaching at the local university, that one day he went ahead and he was walking his way to the university to teach his class. And there were, there were little children, little, four, five, six years old, and, and they're just beggars. And he says there are so many of them that a lot of times you, you just had to keep moving because you couldn't, do, you couldn't, there wasn't enough that you could do. There's so many of them. But for whatever reason, one time this little boy no more than five. And he walked right up to him and he said, bread, sir? He goes, I don't know why, but it it impacted him. So Max said, he just reached out, he he grabbed the little boy by his hand, he says, come with me. And he grabbed him and he went into this little coffee shop. And while they're inside the coffee shop, he told the boy, he said to the man, he says, I I want some coffee and and let's get a pastry, whatever this boy wants. A little beggar boy. Now that little boy was no higher than his belt buckle. 
and he got him. And they sat, he went to sit down, he gave him his pastry, and he had to walk across the room to where the coffee was located. And so there he got his coffee and prepared it. And when he got his coffee, he, he turned around and there was the boy right there. Of course, he could see the top of his head as Max was a big man. And all of a sudden, the little boy looked up. And as he looked up, he lifted up his hand holding the pastry. And he said, thank you, sir. Thank you. He said, I expected the boy just to be gone when I went to get some coffee. I didn't expect him to be right there. And then he took off. He said, I sat there at the table drinking my coffee. For at least a half hour, I showed up late to my class. Because I was overwhelmed by that little boy saying, thank you. He goes, if he would have asked me, I would have bought the whole coffee shop for him. All because of a thank you. Of a thank you. What about us? How do we really respond to God's love and His mercy? I wonder, do we really just sometimes take it for granted? Do we just expect it? When was the last time you waited till Jesus looked at you and you got eyes with Him? And as you looked at him, you said, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's an amazing thing what gratitude does. It's not the amount of what a gift can be that matters. It's the appreciation that comes out of it. Anybody here give a Christmas present out and had a child just expect it? And you're like, I'm getting the rest of them Christmas gifts and putting them in the closet. I'm not giving them out. They're done. Why? Because we instinctively understand that without gratitude, there could be no appreciation, not only for the, the gift giver, but also the gift itself. So how about you? It's Thanksgiving week. Do you give real, genuine thanks? Something to ponder. Well, here's another point I want to look at about Thanksgiving. That is the motivation of Thanksgiving. So, so what motivated this psalmist here in Psalm 100 for him to enter in and to give thanks and praise. And I believe it was knowing who God was and who God is. It's also knowing who we are to God. The motivation of thanksgiving comes from knowing who you are to God. So let's look at verse 5 once again. For the Lord is good, His unfailing love continues forever. Do you see how the psalmist understands something deep about it? And his faithfulness continues to each generation. 
See, that little boy experienced who Max Lucado was. He, he knew that Max was truly kind, that he was really caring, and he was very generous. And he saw that. And because he saw that and he knew that, it was, it was a motivation all that he needed to be able to say thank you and not just run away with his pastry. What does giving thanks mean to you? What does it look like when it's really genuine for you? Now, historically speaking, we think about the pilgrims and whatnot, and it's why we got this religious holiday called Thanksgiving. The tradition of gathering together with friends and family for Thanksgiving, it, it comes back about 400 years ago. When at Plymouth, when the Plymouth colony gathered together to give thanks to God. See, the pilgrims, they uprooted themselves and they sailed for the Americas on the Mayflower. And they were seeking religious freedom and a new way of life for their families. But they had to endure that first year. I mean, it's amazing Anybody survived. Now, instead of landing in Virginia, where all so many others were, were landing from England, they landed, of course, at Plymouth, Massachusetts, because this storm just pushed them way past where they wanted to stop. And they landed just in time to meet the harshest winter they had ever seen. What ensued next was enough to break the will of even the strongest of people. Terrible storms. And then sickness began to ravage all of the settlers. His name is Governor William Bradford. And he described the very first winter. Quote, That which was most sad and lamentable was that in two or three months' time, Half the company had died. Can you imagine? He went on to describe how that sometimes two, even three people died each day during that two to three month period. There's another historian who said that they would dig the graves at night so that the, the native Indians wouldn't see them dwindling in numbers and, and feel like they could attack them because they were so small in numbers. So much going on that we don't even think about. Well, now they were hoping that another ship would arrive because it was scheduled to arrive and that it would bring provisions. <laughs> it brought no provisions. It was either consumed or thrown overboard because of storms. Uh, to lighten up the load, and of course, it brought 35 more mouths to be fed, and they couldn't even feed themselves. And then we get into the story of Esquanta, which is another divine, providential story in itself. The pilgrims never wanted to forget how God delivered them through that first winter, and how God had provided them knowledge even how to do corn and putting a fish in the hole with the corn seeds. And how to find fish and how to hunt for wild game. They learned this through Squanto 
and other Indians. It was an amazing time. And that first time where they celebrated Thanksgiving because they had so much, they literally knew if it hadn't been for God's provision of knowledge as well as the ability to feast on that land, they would not have made it. And we wouldn't be talking about it today. Literally, to make sure nobody would forget, they would sit at the table and everybody would have an empty plate. And in front of everybody's plate, there would be five kernels of corn. And everybody was required to just grab one of the pieces of corn and say why they were thankful. So somebody would ask, well, why the five little pieces of corn, of kernels? Because the rations had gotten so scarce, there was no food, they didn't know how they were going to make it, that they rationed every single person five kernels of corn a day. Did I tell you it was amazing? And so before they would eat the feast, they would grab that little corn and say, this is what I'm thankful that God did for us. And they would give praise. They would give thanks. Maybe this Thanksgiving, you need to put an empty plate in front of everybody, maybe just a few kernels of corn. And say, what are you thankful for? And remind them what the pilgrims had. Just five. And yet, they were giving thanks. Because of what God had done. How God had, in His, his providence, his, his provision, in such harsh conditions. What are you thankful for? How great God's love is, huh? Here's another thing about Thanksgiving. The celebration of Thanksgiving. Now let's go and look at verses 1 through 3. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us, and we are His. We are His people the sheep of his pasture. So how do we respond to God's love and his faithfulness? I want us to notice that there are three verbs used here in in this little part of the passage. And the first one is this shout. This is to be so passionate. Anybody here ever been to an athletic event, a football game, a baseball game, basketball, some kind of event, there is no problem for people screaming and shouting for their team or their player or their child. They're shouting. Go Niners, go. Now on the Rams. Okay, on the Raiders. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. So shout for joy to the Lord. We're to shout. We're not supposed to be embarrassed. And may we be passionate about declaring how good our God is. 
Another verb that was used here in celebration of thanksgiving is the word worship. We become passionately expressing our love for God. When we think of all that God has done, something happens inside of us and we begin to just really express this love and gratitude from inside. It comes from your heart. You know what I'm talking about, Christian? You know the difference between pretending to be worshipful and then really being worshipful. You know when the tears come and you can't stop them? You know when all of a sudden your, your lip is quivering? You know when you're being so deep and so raw and so real, you can't help it but just close your eyes and say, I worship you, God. I worship you. I shout. I worship. And here's the third verb that we see here in these little scriptures here of, of verses 1 through 3. And this is no. And it's not the, the no like in I, I know something. It's something much deeper. You see, in the Hebrew, it's the word yada. And yada means more than something that's intellectually understood. I know my ABCs. No, that's intellectual. But this is going deeper. This is talking about intimacy. This is talking about a first-hand encounter. This means this is personal. I know God. It's like a husband and wife who've been together for a lifetime. And they're able to finish each other's sentences. Or so they think. There goes the wife. There you have it. But here it is. I know what he likes. I know what she likes. You know what this is saying? Do you know what makes the Lord happy? He knows what makes you happy. But do you yada? Do you know God like that? Not from a legalistic standpoint, but something that comes from Love. Love. You know, when you prepare something and maybe you make a dish or maybe you make, you know, a certain kind of coffee or, a, I know, a holiday drink that, you know, a special, I like to make this Mexican hot chocolate. And you make something and you, and you give it to somebody and they look at you like, oh, wow. And you go, I knew you'd want that. See, that's yada. That's yada. But do you know that which would please God? You know what it is? Give him thanks. Give him thanks. So make sure that you take time this week to celebrate. Spend time with family. Eat turkey or ham or salmon, whatever you guys would eat. But when you do, stop. Maybe grab a couple kernels of corn and give God thanks. Give God thanks. 
and watch that celebration be something incredibly different and watch him pour out his blessing and his approval while he's sitting back having a cup of coffee saying, did you see how they looked me in the eye and just said thank you? Thanks moves the heart of God. Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness, your grace. Lord, help us to live life 365 with an attitude of gratitude. This is a Christian religious holiday because of our ancestors who, Father, came for religious freedom from Europe. And Lord, they almost all died. But you brought not only provision, but knowledge. So Lord, help us to shout. Help us to worship. And help us to know how great is our God, who is our Father, as they used to say, Abba. And Lord, I pray that we would yada, that we would really know you and not pretend to have thanks, but generally give thanks. Now bless your people. Bless them this Thanksgiving week. Bless their marriages. Bless their families, their children, their children's children. Bless their vocation. Bless their animals. Bless their businesses and their place of work and vocation. Bless their homes, that their homes would be a place of peace and joy and love. Bless them with provision. Miraculous provision. And in all of this blessing, may we always stop to look you in the eye and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. We pray, Father, your will. We pray, Father, your way. And may we never, ever forget what five kernels of corn represents in our lives. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.